Good morning again. Church, you're looking good. It's good to see everyone. Everyone is special, important. God has a plan for each and every one of us to not going to leave us or forsake us. Amen? So, we're going to look at Psalm chapter 37, one of the classics of all Psalms, one of the probably more favorable subject. Uh, Vern would probably know this, but this is actually a psalm. If you know the Hebrew alphabet, is an acrostic. Every other verse has a letter in the alphabet of the Hebrew. Now, that doesn't mean anything. We don't know the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet. But it's just interesting how God speaks and God has order and God has interesting ways of, of communicating. David is, is probably uh, the one, the guy that uh, you know killed Goliath, and he's probably the one that penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we're giving in the light. David had a lot of battles in his life. David was up against giants. He was up against leaders that didn't like him, right? He yet chose to do it God's way, not take matters into his own hands, not to make a mess, not to get ahead of God, but he worked with the help of the Lord, worked with God. So I will title this message, He Will Take Care of You. He is taking care of you and I. He has promised to us that Psalm 37 will remind us about how we are to, uh, what's our part and then what's, our, what's God's part. So here's our part at verse 1. Don't fret because of evildoers. No. Don't fret. How many know there are some evildoers in the world? Amen. We're not going to dwell on them. We know there's always been evildoers. There's always been people who are kind of like, um, what's their problem? Why are, they, why are they the way they are? Don't be envious toward wrongdoers. It seems like people who are evil seem like they want to live above other people that want to have it all. Well, here's the, here's the next verse. Don't fret because they will wither quickly like grass and fade like the green herb. Wow. That's, our, that's, that's, that's going in the direction of, of trusting in humanity. Man makes messes, right? Men... Without God, are apt to do anything. Apt to get involved with everything. That would be disastrous. Here's our part, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. That's great. Trust in the Lord and do good. What What does that look like? Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, right? You're, where, where do you ever you live? Where your, where's your circle of influence? Where's your 
place of employment, that's your land, right? That's, them are your people, right? That's your circle of influence. And so what is God saying? Dwell in the land and make, make, make things better. <coughs> With the help of the Lord, you can be a blessing in the workplace. You can bring things to a, a higher level, to a better way of doing a, a blessing of the Lord. And that was what Joseph did when he was sold. But that's what David did, even in spite of he was being chased by an enemy, Saul, who wanted to kill him. He was jealous over his life. God will take care of the evildoers. I have to read Psalm 1 because this, or verse, chapter 2 actually, this just, just always, always gets my attention. On Psalm 2, verses 1, why are the nation in an uproar? Just a second. I got the tickle cough. Nathan, you run and grab a little water. Not in this cup, because this is dirty. Okay, thank you, good man. I should have asked you, not have commanded you. You're so good. You're so good-hearted. And so why are the nations in an uproar? Is that our day? Is that what's happening now? And the people's devising, devising vain things. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 3, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven, in heavens, laughs. He who sits in the heavens, laughs. Why don't you just laugh a little bit? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my word. What do they think? They're, they think they're so tough. And they have, oh, my goodness. They think that they're going to get rid of me. The Lord is saying, they don't even have a clue. Is it, what was it that someone said, go ahead and make my day? But that was, that's kind of what he said, just go, it's unbelievable. You see, that's what David is saying, and that's what the power of the Holy Spirit, thanks to you, my good man, <coughs> your reward is in heaven. Is he who gives a cup of water. Anyway, this too shall pass. These uproars, kings who devise evil, they come and they go. And God always takes care of his own people. Even in the midst, sometimes we have to go through trial suffering. But the people of God 
has a future. He is taking care of you, and he will take care of you, and your future is in good hands. We have reason to have a song, to celebrate our victory. Look how far God has taken you already. Look how far you've come. It won't be long now if we'll just stay to the to the things that God has talked to us about and he's talking about us right now. Trust in me. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't listen to the enemy's voice. They will fade. God will deal with them. Delight yourself, verse 4, back to the text. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. If it was all that we were to receive, it would be enough, because the Lord is enough. He he lets us do a lot of things. He gives us a lot of things on this earth, doesn't he? He gives us a lot of blessings. But number one, he wants your heart, and he wants you to have a passion to move forward with him. Delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, I find it very... (coughs) Well, amazing, the more you have of the Lord, the less you want of stuff. Huh? Huh? The more you have of Jesus, the less the world is interesting. I I love nature. I love what God has created. I love all the stuff. We get to do so many things, but this is not home. This is not our real home yet. Hey, man. And then the body that you live in is temporal. How many know that for sure? How many have pain in your body somewhere right now? Some of you are not telling the truth. My hands are up. Oh my goodness. Why is that? You're not old enough yet. Listen. The body is not, this body will not live or eternity, only the body that Jesus has. Take care of your body as much as possible. The temple of the Holy Spirit, or you are the temple of the, you are the dwelling place. You are the vessel. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, this is, this is one of those verses, oh boy, my goodness, I get anything I want if I will trust in the Lord. Right? Wrong. The Lord knows exactly what you need. One of my friends who's passed on the glory now, we would often say this, sometimes we get our needs confused with, or our wants confused with our needs. Oh boy. Now it's really getting quiet in here. What does it all, what does it all come down to? If you have the Lord, you are rich. You have it all. Heaven awaits. Heaven awaits. And you will be changed. And you will have a body like his that will live forever and will be equipped for heaven. 
And then we'll be, we won't have to worry about any pain or any kind of sickness, afflictions. Oh, how we so much struggle sometimes. Just to keep going. What is the desire of your heart, let me ask you and I? What should be the desire of my heart? The more I know I need him. The more I want him, the more I know I need him. The more I live in this, the longer I live, the more I know I need him. Amen. The longer you get to live. Oh boy, I'm going to skip a I'm going to dial forward now into the text. I'm going to dial forward because this is just a too good to, I got it on my mind. Look at verse 20, 25. I have been young. Uh-oh. Some of us can say that. Not all of us. Well, some of you are really young yet. So enjoy that season of life. It's not a bad thing to be young. But are there days when you wish you were younger? Yeah. Why? Because you felt better. Right? You had more energy. But look at this verse. I have been young. David is saying, I have been young. He's the guy who kills the Goliath guy. And now I am old. Uh Uh-oh. How did that happen? Well, one day at a time. But look at the promise. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Hooray! Or his descendants begging bread. What does it tell me? God will take care of you. He will. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Oh, my goodness. We ought to get a little excited in the house. You are blessed. The Lord is on your side. The Lord sees your heart. You don't have to know all the verses. You don't have to know all the scriptures. You just have to start with a simple, simple childlike faith saying, I need Jesus. And I want him. I don't want to live my life the way I want to live it. All right? Delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, he said, oh, you, I used to hear this in youth group when I was in youth group. Oh, if you really go out for God, if you really sell out for God, God will make you go to the ends of the earth where you'll be miserable the rest of your life. Oh, what? A, where did that come from? That came from me. That was me thinking. That was me talking. I was a little bit afraid to go all out. Oh, he'd make him marry someone. I'd be just absolutely. No, no, no. The desires of your heart align with God. He's wired. He knows what you're. Just, he knows what you like. 
He, not that he's going to give you everything, but he actually can change us so we want to go. Right? How many would rather take someone on a trip? They were excited about it. They wanted to do it. And someone else like, I don't want that. Ah. Now, that's just, you know, drag somebody along. Oh, my goodness. When you delight yourself with the Lord, you begin to catch the passion, the fire, God's heartbeat. You begin to take on his likeness. You begin to become, all things become new. Uh, no new creation. You become a new creature. You ever thought of yourself as a creature? No. Creation. God has created you. God knows how you think. God knows every thought that you have. And when we align ourselves with his wonderful spirit, when we ask God the Holy Spirit to come, Lord, fill me, Come, Lord, fill my heart. I can't do this in my own strength. So that leads us to verse 5. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out, but here's what I'm saying, Lord. I'm going to give it to you. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. What, what's that mean? Well, I don't know exactly how it's all going to turn out, but I just have this sense that God is saying, trust me, and that's what he said, trust me. I don't know every answer to every end time event, everything that's lining up, but I know there is, there is a day coming when Jesus is going to come down and judge. And that's coming. And all the kings of the earth are stirring. Right now, we have a scene that is set where all these kings of the earth are under the influence, not all of them, but many of them are under the influence of a different God. Hello? If they don't have Jesus, we, we are we're struggling. We're struggling. Well, what's that mean for our kids? What's that mean for our future? Listen, God has your kids in the palm of his hands. God has your kids in mind. God has all your children. As you are praying for them, God's interest in, in their future as much as your, your own future. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also him. He will do it. What will he do? He, verse 6, he answers. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light. He will bring forth, he will make you a light to the nation. He will make you a person that has, has direction for other people around you. And then, remember last Sunday? Was it last Sunday? Oh, my goodness. Don't ask me what I preached on last Sunday. But somewhere in the text, and I believe we were in First uh, John, perfect love casts out fear. Right? And it's, it's like he's saying, you don't have to fear the day of judgment. Those who are walking with Jesus, you don't have to fear the day of judgment. And so what he's saying here. And your judgment is a new day. Catch that. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the new day. In other words, the new day was a bright, a bright thing. 
was it a bad thing? Now, there's a whole lot here in this text. My encouragement is to you to read this on your own sometime, sometime later and just begin to dwell on these. Every word that starts here in these, in these verses, every word, every one of those verses would be a message all on its own. And we get to verse 7, rest in the Lord. Some of you, some of you need to do this. Right, right here, rest in the Lord. Rest. Find rest. Does that make sense? Is anyone grasping? Rest. And wait. Patience. Oh, Lord, I need you and I need you now. Right? Wait. Patiently. Don't fret because of him who promised. Well, look at those people. They don't even serve God. And look what they have. Look what they're driving. They have so much. Don't fret. Because of him who prospers in his ways, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes, cease from anger. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Don't fret. It leads only to evil doing. All this stuff sounds so easy, doesn't it? Don't fret. Don't get upset over things. Don't let things upset you. Why do things upset you? Because we're human? Because we think maybe that we absolutely need those things, whatever it may be, but God is saying to you, you, you know that I will take care of you. You know that these things will never make you happy. And so we look to the Lord and we say, what is he saying to us? He says to wait on me. He says to put me first in your life. He says to trust me even though when things look bad, even when things, even when there's a bad report from the doctor's mouth. We will be tested at times. I don't like tests any more than you do. But listen, God has you in his hand. Even when things aren't the same as they were, even when things don't feel right in your body, God has you in his hands. Even when things weren't, aren't the same as, when, as, as David was saying, I was young, I was young, and now I'm old. I can't keep up with the young people anymore. I can't run that, that, that length anymore. I can't, but I keep going and I don't quit. I had a kick, I had a laugh, one of, one of our bluegrass nights here, one of the gals that came occasionally, she said this line to me, and I had to laugh to myself. She goes, and she was the, one of the bass players, she said, I may be old, but I can keep up. Oh, what a spirit. I may be old, but I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm going to fight this fight. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to go out with the blaze. That's what she said. I want to finish strong. I want to make a difference. I want to be there where the, where the life 
happens. I want to be where God is doing something. I want to be with the heart of God. I want to delight myself in the Lord so that I don't miss out on what God is doing in the earth. Friends, we need to hear from God. We need a word. Oftentimes it's one word. The sense, the direction of the church, of his people, of his flock. Even if it's one word, it's enough. And for the early church, it was this word right here, wait. Wait on it. Pray. Pray that the Father and the promise will come. What is that? The Holy Spirit will show up, and he will uh, come into you, and you will speak in other languages. You will be empowered to go out and then speak my word. Oh, my goodness. The church came alive. They really were launched on the day of Pentecost, as it is in Acts chapter 2. On that day, it just didn't happen that it was the day of Pentecost. God planned it. God had this ordered and orchestrated. They didn't know what day it was going to happen. It took 10 days. I don't know if you, would you be willing to wait 10? I don't know if I could even wait 10 days. That's a long time. But something Here's how you know you're impatient. <clears throat> you're going to the drive-thru somewhere. And the people in front of you are talking. You can hear them on the speaker. And they're talking and they're talking and they're talking and they're talking. Why don't you just order something? I want to get going. Now I'm pinched in. I'm in, they're behind me, right? And I know you're thinking, the pastor gets impatient too, huh? Yeah. Human is all too care to admit sometimes. Now I need the Lord. That's where I need the Lord to show up and say, settle down. Wait. You know what we need to do if we can't do anything? You know what you can do? Pray or praise. Right? But oh, human starts kicking in and wants to do the old shift and get out of this thing. I'm taking out. Back up and do the herky quirky whatever you call it, and beeline. That's what my flesh wants to do. I don't want to wait. And God says, learn, trust me, wait, wait. Some of you think, I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> Things aren't happening fast enough. How much time do I got to wait? I don't like to wait. Have we become impatient because the world is impatient? Has the world worn off on us? Our culture is it's gotta happen now. Boom. We push the buttons and out comes money. Right? We live in it. It's it's around us. But when it comes to God, 
who he is. There's no shortcuts to hearing from him. Now, I said this in passing in one of my messages. I cut out YouTube because it was taking, it was getting too much of me. It was getting, uh, I wanted to watch this logging show, and oh, uh, they're trapping over here, and you know, and they're doing all this building, log cabin. It's okay, it's nothing wrong with it, but it was getting to be too much. And so I said, no more for now. You've got to take control. The help of the Lord, we can find balance. Now, this is all introduction. There's three points, and I won't go lingering on. We're already, there you go again, Pastor. Wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Come unto me, all who are weary, Jesus said. If you're tired, you're worn out. Why are you so worn out? This very particular scripture has to do with people who don't really have the relationship with the Lord. They're trying to carry the whole world upon their back. They're trying to carry all the problems that they have in their family. They're burnt out. They're stressed out. They're overcome because so often we're not taking in. And I says, I will I take my yoke upon you. What is that all about? My yoke is a relationship that he wants with me, a relationship he wants you to come and sit with him. He wants you to read his word. He wants you to soak, soak in his presence. If you have any uh, ability to verbalize praise, do it in, in your own privacy. If you have an ability to play an instrument, do it. Praise him with your instruments. If you have any, it doesn't have to be music. It just can be your thoughts. We praise him. You will take captive what the enemy would try to discourage you with. Wait on the Lord. Isaiah says those who wait will gain new strength. Oh. He gives an image of a picture of, a, of an eagle. He mounts up with wings. As he, I understand that eagles, um, sometime in their, in their in, in, I, I'm not a scientist. So I, think, I think they have a way of renewing their, their feathers so that they can stay, stay fresh. And they will mount up with wings as like an eagle. Does it make sense? We heard it at our minister's, uh, minister wives connection this year. The word was this from the speaker. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. What does that well look like? Well, that might mean you're, what you're doing is okay, but how can you beef it up? How can you freshen it up? It may mean something like we did with the sign out here that we, we definitely needed to refresh in the sign. Thank God that's, that sign looks beautiful. But there's ways in our spirit 
sometimes I think I need to do something different the way I, in the way I do things so that I can stay fresh. I, however that looks, maybe it, for you it's just, it's just doing it at a different time of the day or doing it more or less. Wait on the Lord. And so all this comes down to three points. He will take care of you. Number one, he wants to guide your steps. That's in verse 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. He delights in his way. Understand one thing. God is not bored with you. God is interested in your, your life. He, he wants to help you make a difference and be the, be the God who he is. He wants to help you, guide you. He wants to take you to a, a place where even when you're old, verse 25, even when I, I've been young and now I'm old, even when my old age, oh my goodness. That was just a number. It's how you feel, right? And the steps of a good man, I believe a King James Version says, the steps of a good man what is, are guided or ordered by the Lord. Do we believe that? Well, it just seems coincidental. No. I don't believe in the... If we're walking with the Lord, things are going to happen because they're ordered. We ought to expect God things, right? This pile up on 371 that happened over the week, over the week, Friday night or Friday. Some of our folks that were five minutes away from that. I would say they were spared, and others that were in it were spared. God is overlooking. He saw all this in beforehand. He, he knew all this already. He knows what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and the next day. He knows the beginning from the end. Then why do I keep fretting? Well, I'm listening to the news tonight. I just listen to it. Don't overdo it. Listen just enough to keep the edge. Yep. Exactly what the scriptures say. Yep. And do good. Dwell in the land. Cultivate faithfulness. Stay with the stuff. Occupy until I come. Keep being the church. Bring the flowers and freshen it up. That's recalibration. That's a good example right there. Thank you, Darlene. What do you need to do in your life to recalibrate, to dial in, 
to remind yourself he is in control. Number two point, do good. Just do good. Do the right thing. Even when others don't do the right thing, you do the right thing. You be the better person. You choose to love. You choose, with the help of God, to forgive and let go and get on with it. David was charged, uh, chased by by an angry, jealous king, Saul, who wanted to pin him to the wall with his spear and tried a couple times. But God has his hand on David. God had plans for David to become the leader he became. And thirdly, verse 3, we read, keep the law of God in your heart. Keep it in your heart. And I will say this, we need to have more than head knowledge. We need to move head knowledge into heart knowledge. What's the difference? Well, heart, your heart is where the seat of God is, and where the seat of God is, your heart begins to take on the likeness of who he is, and your heart is that which, that's what really what you're, who you are, and that's what you're really going to do because it's in your heart. You see, when we go out from this place, we're going to do because that's what's on our heart. And that's the difference between keeping the law by the letter of the law, by the natural, than keeping God's law by the Spirit of God in you. It helps you actually be able to have conviction of right and wrong. Have a sense of this is right, this is wrong. Right? That's in you by the help of the Holy Spirit. Keep the law of God in your heart. The problem with with the nation of Israel was this very thing, that they fell away from the Lord because they couldn't keep the law. And actually, they got to another extreme where if you, uh, Jesus called the Pharisees out because they were the ones who were putting all these things, even extra things, on God's people, and they weren't willing to do it themselves. And they become very legalistic. And their hearts were far from God. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it good to know that God knows your heart? You don't even have to have the words. You don't even know how to express sometimes your heart. And God just says, bring me your heart. And sometimes all you, all you really need to do is just cry before the Lord because God knows your tears. God saved your tears. He says in the psalm that he bottles your tears. And as we read today, when we fall, when we fall, he will not be, you will not be hurled headlong out. He's not going to just throw you away. He will pick you back up. Just like David fell in the sin of adultery, David was disciplined and restored. It just shows us Anyone can fall. We are living in a world that we need to guard our minds, our hearts, and just come to seek him, trust him, delight in him. Will you rest in him today? Will we trust him today?
Is it our children? Is it your children? And even their children? Would we sing this next little song called The Blessing? It talks about the favor. The favor. God and I were discussing this very question. Says, what did God, she says, why does God, she knows a person and he's heard God's voice, a young man, he's heard God's voice audibly four or five times, audibly. I said, really? I said, how come God's favor, how come God's favor is on him? And I was like, okay, God, come on. God doesn't play favorites. Well, I like this one better. Careful. I like this one better. Yeah, no. God wants to give you his favor. God wants to place his blessing. But it has to do, I know, with this. Are we in a position, are we putting ourselves in a position with God? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we willing to say, I need you? There it is. And then God says, that's what I need to hear. That's the heart I can move in. That's the soil that takes the seed, the soil of your heart. If it's tender, if you are able to believe with the help of the Lord, you can move on. And let's sing this as a way of closing down here. And it, it always comes back to the word surrender. What am I hanging on to?